Two brothers on their way. Two brothers. <laughs> one more blue and one and more one gray. One more gray. One more blue and <laughs> That had me shook as a kid. I was like, one of them died? I know. We sang like, that. In, we sang that. We did an inquiry. We every year we would do a flag day celebration, <gasps> and our choir would sing. And one year we sang that song, and no one knew that song. And I was like, I know this song. One more blue and one more gray. Oh God. everyone. Welcome to Poor Unfortunate Podcast. I'm Caroline Ametti. And I'm Connor Perkins. If you are a regular listener, welcome back. We love you. And if you've never listened before, hello. We are so glad you're here. And while you're here, you might as well smash that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening so that all of our new content automatically downloads to your device so that you never miss a new episode. And then whenever we have some bonus content coming out, Mm. which we usually do not tell you about until right before, you'll never miss out on that either. So, And that goes for any of you who have already been listening. If you're not subscribed, why not? Give us a little tap. Make sure that you get our new stuff. We'll feel it. (laughs) <laughs> a little love tap, if you a will. love tap. <laughs> so, Caroline, aside from the fact that tonight is inauguration mm-hmm. night, and yeah. we now have a new president here in the United States, and we have a new vice president here in the United States, who is our first female, black, and South Asian vice president in the history of the United States. Oh, my goodness. Aside from all of that... Craziness, amazingness that is happening. What's going on? Well, you know, I think Disney just needed to balance out all of that joy with some bad news. We've gotten some not so great Disney news in the past two weeks since we last spoke to you all. Yeah, specifically with Disney parks. Disney parks, yes, yes. So Disney World announced that come January 2022, they will be discontinuing the Magical Express service, which, if you do not know what that is, That is, if you are staying in a Disney resort, you arrive at Orlando International Airport, you have the option of not even picking up your luggage, they will pick it up for you, you head down to the bottom level, and you get a free Disney bus to your hotel. And that is going to be no more. And we have a couple of things to say. So I want to start it off on a really superficial level by saying that was just a part of my Disney vacation that I really loved because they play you Disney music. They play you Disney videos. The bus driver makes you clap when you drive through the Disney gate. It's just a part of the experience. And it's just a bummer that that part of it is gone. So there's that. Yeah. See, we don't stay on Disney property. Mm -hmm. So the Magical Express is not a thing For me, but for a lot of families, I know how big of a thing it is. It's a huge money saver because you're not Mm -hmm. paying for an Uber. You're not renting one of the minivans, the private transportation that Disney provides that takes you to the resort. So it it just sort of yet again is another barrier for people Mm -hmm. to get to these parks who are not part of the higher income groups, which let's Mm -hmm. face it, Disney has evaluated that (laughs) – they can cater to those groups and make just as much money without having to appeal to middle and lower income visitors. Like mm-hmm. they don't have to do that because they get a return on investment with the with the higher income folks. But this is just like yet another barrier for those middle and lower income people who have every right, if not more of a right to those parks because of Walt's vision for them. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's another barrier for them getting to the park. I, I know that one of the things that is currently happening there, Disney is working with a company that is building like a high light mm-hmm. rail express train that will be going from Orlando International Airport to Disney Springs. But that being said, that's not going to be free. 
But also, like, here's my thing too. Even if it was, then I have to schlep my luggage from the train to like a bus at Disney Springs. It's just yeah. why. And in the meantime, what's happening? And this is something that Disney really needs to consider for a company that has been pretty committed to doing their part to reduce their carbon emissions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by taking away this mass transportation yeah. and going to smaller individualized minivans and relying on Uber. That is just more carbon that is going to be used. That's more of a demand of unnecessary non-carpool travel when they're all going to the same place. Yeah, we did a big family reunion where it was like 12 of us and we all got on one bus and then there was still room on the bus for other people. That $100 that you save on airport transportation can make or break the trip for people. That can be the money that they go on the trip with or that's like, hey, that's when we go out to dinner one night. That could be be their most magical dinner reservation that they have on the trip. And it's like, you know, and I think that especially affects, I mean, yeah, like you said, anyone who is lower income, but people our age, like we're getting into our 30s. We'll have families of our own someday down the line. And you're you're starting to price us out now so that by the time that we have kids, I mean, we, you and I are never going to be over it. So I'm I'm talking about other people, but it's just not going to be a part of the family tradition anymore because it's going to become too expensive. It's so close already. Yeah, it's already, it's already getting there. It's one of the things that I detest most about the parks, the way they use prices in the parks for tickets the experience in general, now de-incentivizing the entire Disney resort mm-hmm. stay in order to maintain quality of park guests, whatever that means, mm-hmm. and to curb the population entering the park. Mm-hmm. They use that to purposefully curb the number of people trying to enter the park so that they don't have to reach capacity or that they don't have to worry about overflow or things like that. Yep. It's just like, it's it's so, uh, it's so icky. I don't like it. I know. I don't like it. I know. But right now they're taking away so much from Disney Resort property mm-hmm. guests. I and mean, you don't get too. free magic like, bands anymore. Yeah. You have to no pay for the magic, magic bands. hours. Oh my goodness. No extra magic hours. You're going to get time in the morning, which I'm like, yeah, every parent's dream. Like, let's give us more time in the morning. Yeah, that like, I was going to say, and we know me. Like, I mean, I'm different in Disney. I'll get up at whatever time. But, like, I liked using the extra magic hours at night sometimes because then the kids would go home and then I would try to jump on the more popular rides when we could stay later. Yeah. And if Disney brought this announcement and was like, okay, but we're going to make the hotels cheaper or we're going to lower a teeny tiny bit the price of admission, I'd be like, okay. But this is – everything is staying the same price, and there is so much construction going on in Disney World right now. I mean, at least they, they've recently taken down the huge, terrible walls that were all around Epcot. They're working on – those are pretty much disappearing. But you're paying to be around so much construction already. So much construction, so much less live entertainment in the parks, oh my which gosh. is such a mm-hmm. big thing. Yep. That's one of the things that sets Disney parks apart yeah. from everything else yeah. is their live entertainment. And they do as much as they can at any turn to just suck the live entertainment away mm-hmm. or see if they can get a cheaper alternative to mm-hmm. that live entertainment. Mm-hmm. 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 And then they're canceling the annual pass for Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in some ways, I understand where that's coming from, given the way that Disneyland has been this past year during the pandemic. Yeah. Maybe it's something that's just temporary until the parks get get back up to speed and, like, actually make it through an entire season. Yeah. Then they might bring the annual pass back. It doesn't make sense now. I feel like it would probably just be a waste of money to annual pass holders anyway to try and get into a park or maybe they have it might be that they have so many annual pass holders in California they do in yeah, Cal- they do. yeah to in order to accommodate those people as getting priority back into the parks when they open again they wouldn't feasibly the numbers they wouldn't be able to do it with the capacity mm-hmm. restrictions so like there's a whole lot of factors in that that makes sense but I would I would hope the intention is to bring annual passes back they said they're coming up with some other like alternate system until they do expect that the annual pass will eventually come back but they're going to have some other system in place that they haven't talked about but you know i was thinking about 
you know, all the people who are Disneyland bloggers or Instagrammers, and the only way that they're able to do their work is because they have an annual pass and can come and go as they please. So, yeah, I feel for them. That's going to be a hit there, too. Yep. Disney parks. Disney parks is just like there's some real mess ups happening in yeah. the way that this is being run and the way that the pandemic is being handled in all of it. I know that there's a whole lot of factors that are being involved. There's a lot of things that we don't see. Mm-hmm. But but damn, like you're going to take away all these things from your guests while right, like keeping the prices high while doing construction, while laying off all these cast members, mm-hmm. while not having live performances, which I get because of COVID, but when they come back, what are they going to be? Mm-hmm. Are you going to try and get away with doing less? Because that has been the trend. Yeah, and I'm afraid of it being like the live performance you can catch is drawn to life in Disney Springs for extra money. Yeah. But on a brighter side, because this happened, WandaVision finally premiered mm-hmm. on Disney Plus and it is amazing. I'm watching it tomorrow. I'm really excited. I absolutely adore this show. It's doing so many things that I've never seen a modern show tackle. I, it's just Ooh. it's so smart, so inventive, it's so fresh, it's so new. The acting from Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen is amazing. <gasps> Shout it out to Elizabeth me... Olsen. She went to acting school where we did. Yay. Yes. Claps. It makes me so proud to be an Atlantic yeah. acting school alumni watching Yay. Elizabeth Olsen work because I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. This is an actor who does the work. And she's brilliant in it. She's absolutely brilliant. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy for her. I can't wait for you to watch. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. I'm so excited. I'm so glad that they released the first two episodes Mm -hmm. on the first day because that's one of the things that drives me insane with The Mandalorian. When that premiered, they only dropped the first episode. The fact that I got two, I was like, oh, my gosh. Because I just, I can't, I can't truly get enough of it. I cannot get enough of WandaVision. Good news. I love that. That's very good news. In short... WandaVision has been very, very well worth the wait, in my opinion. Ugh, yay. Alrighty, so let's get started with the actual episode, our main content. This is our wild card episode. So we've done all kinds of things in our wild card. We've done ranking, we've done this or that, we've done we did, how um, well do we know each other. The newlywed game, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, we've done uh, question and answer and stuff like that. And this wild card in particular is i think really special so you know it's end of january it's award season so we wanted to give a little nod to one of our favorite times of the year by holding our own awards show and this is all connor we are now going to be holding the puas the poor unfortunate awards the first annual <laughs> first poor annual unfortunate awards so please imagine in your mind that the winners are given a little golden Pua statue when they win. From Moana. Because I love him. <laughs> yes, Connor He's loves Pua. I love, I love that you love him and it could be the award. It makes me happy. So the way that this is going to work is Caroline has come up with 10 categories and I have come up with 10 categories. We each have a list of about five nominees. We are going to announce the award. We are going to announce the nominees. And then the other person is going to give out the golden Pua. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's like stupid. I'm so <laughs> like, this is so stupid, but I love it. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome to the first annual Poor Unfortunate Awards. So I honestly, in award shows, they always sort of like come out with a bang. They and do. They start they out do. with like best supporting actor or yeah. best supporting actress. They so do. I feel like. Yeah, give me a good one. I'm going to start right now with best leading lady. Non-princess in an animated feature. Don't do this to me. Okay. And the nominees are Mulan from Mulan. Fight me. (laughs) Esmeralda from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Hmm. Megara from Hercules. Oh. Jane Porter from Tarzan. And Judy Hopps from Zootopia. Oh, fun little. Okay, Judy. Nice. And the golden pua goes to Esmeralda. And here is why. Ooh. Here's why. An upset in my brain. Yes, yes, yes. Here's why. 
Number one, I think she is a different kind of character than we usually get to see from female characters in Disney overall. God Help the Outcasts is beautiful and emotional. And, of course, it was between her and Meg for me. Oh. And it was really hard. Yeah, I knew you thought I was going to pick Meg. Um, but no. the, I, 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 Oh, wait, who did you think I was going to pick? I thought you were going to pick Mulan. That's who I would have picked. Oh. No. <laughs> well, that's also because I think she's a Disney princess. So. But she's not a Disney princess. <laughs> but, yeah, and I think Esmeralda is pretty much responsible for the destruction of Frollo and for, like, everything being set right in the story. I mean, yeah, it's it's Quasimodo, but it's just like Esmeralda is the the motor of the whole thing. Yeah. And I just think she's yeah, very unique I will say, and special. I will say if we played like a little video clip in yeah. front of it, it would definitely be her yeah. going justice like that. Oh, moment. yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Congratulations, Esmeralda. Wow. Congratulations, Esmeralda, on your win this evening. <laughs> I feel like Jane Porter would be the one who's like fake like being happy for the rest of them and clapping. Yeah, Mulan is clearly going to be the Glenn Close, nominated time and time and time and <laughs> yeah, time again yeah. and never winning. <sighs> we feel for you, Mulan. All right, the category is best dance moment. And the nominees are Step in Time from Mary Poppins. Miracles Happen from The Princess Diaries. So close from Enchanted, 10 Minutes Ago from Brandy Cinderella, Kingdom Dance from Tangled, and one more, I'm so sorry, The Soulful Strut, which is the handshake from The Parent Trap. Shit. And the golden pua goes to Step in Time from Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. I mean, it's the only one from that nominee list that is just a full-blown dance number and like some of the acrobatics that happen in that the special effects that happen that it just has it all i mean when they're between the two buildings oh yeah doing the Mm -hmm. handstands dropping down when mary just flies into the air and just starts like pirouetting for days (laughs) that was my favorite then the transition from the rooftops down the chimney into number 17 cherry tree lane and then out onto the streets it's just like it's stunning. It's spectacle. I'm a slut for spectacle. Slut for spectacle. It has everything that I'm looking for. It's enchanting. Congratulations. Step in time. Hooray. Well I used to get lit to that song when I was little. It would come on on my VHS and I would start running around the house because it would just like get me totally amped. Oh. I will say it was between that and Kingdom Dance for me. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Kingdom Dance makes me, I hold my breath. I love that Kingdom song. Dance. Mm, mm, mm. All right, so we didn't stipulate that these moments only had to be from movies. Mm-hmm. The PUA Awards can go out to anything Disney. Yes, so, yes. this next award is the best Walt Disney World attraction that people might skip. Ooh, yay. And the nominees are Astro Orbiter in Magic Kingdom, Living with the Land in Epcot, The Maharaja Jungle Trek in Animal Kingdom, the one with the tigers. Muppet Vision 3D, Hollywood Studios, and the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover, Magic Kingdom. Son of a... (laughs) And the Golden Pua goes to the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover. Bravo, bravo. (laughs) The People Mover, there's something about it that is just indescribable. It's just like a little, it's just a little zip around the, like around mostly Tomorrowland, a little bit of, you see a little bit of Fantasyland, you see some of the Indy Speedway. There's not a whole lot to it. You pass through Space Mountain, you pass through some little like dioramas, little scenes. I can't miss the People Mover. I have to go on it at least twice every time I go to Disney. It's just fantastic. There's a feeling you get on it that's hard to describe where you're just like, I'm in Disney, because you get to a great view of the castle. You get a nice breeze. You get to take a break. Oh, the breeze is magic. Like the moments when it slows down and then it picks up speed. Those Ooh. parts are also really fun too. Like, oh, so fun! <laughs> it's fun. I mean, all um, it's doing is changing speed. But wow, so much fun. Yeah, I th- I truly couldn't. Re- I think if you know, you know. It's just one of those. Okay, the category is best 
Dark Ride, based on an existing Disney property. And the nominees are, and I say Dark Ride, you know, meaning like kid-friendly. Some of these are a little bit pushing the category. And the nominees are Peter Pan's Flight, Under the Sea, Journey of the Little Mermaid, The Seas with Nemo and Friends, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, and Frozen Ever After. And the Golden Pua goes to Peter Pan's Flight. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't tell you why. I have okay. so many complaints about Peter Pan's yeah, Flight. Yeah, I know. I'm so surprised. <laughs> but it is one that is just, when I think Dark Ride, mm-hmm. that is the first image that I have in my mind. Okay, fair, I fair. Think of, I think about the One Man's Dream exhibit and looking at the track for the original Peter Pan's mm-hmm. flight and just like being intoxicated that what was once my favorite ride for the longest period of time, I, I'm like, I can see it. I can see how it works. And yeah. Okay. Like it's one of those rides where like it hella needs updating. It really does. <sighs> really. And the reason why I want it to be updated so much is because I think that ride is just a pure encapsulation of like, a classic dark ride. It always has crazy long wait times, so there's something to it, of course. So there you go. Yeah, it also probably has crazy long wait times because whenever I'm there, because I'm obsessive, compulsive, truly, I have to be in the all-golden pirate ship, the one that has all the gold sails, not the red and blue, not the blue and blue, not the yellow and blue. I need the yellow and gold one because not only is yellow my favorite color, but I want the one that is most authentic to the movie. So there's literally been times that my family have gotten on and I was not in line next for the golden one. So I just let people keep going in front of me until I time it out for the golden one. I've I'm gotten sure. so many talking to's from my family. I'm not sure which is that. better. <laughs> I don't know if this is better or are you asking Belle for a kiss. It's kind of a tie for me. But I, I have to... I simply have to have the yellow and gold pirate ship. It's like a it's a it's a deal breaker for me. As embarrassing as that is to Good say to at know. 27. Good to even know. like if I went to Disney World tomorrow and I was in the Magic Kingdom and we were about to get on it and if we were not poised to get the yellow and you gold would ride, leave me. I would leave you and I would <laughs> wait. Oh my god. For the gold pirate ship. This is what guy. folks, this is mental illness. This <laughs> stop it. <laughs> I'm medicated. And this is what my this is how my brain works. Hey, you know what? No so, stigma. Thank you for your honesty. Now yeah. I know, and I won't get insulted. Congratulations, Peter Pan's flight. <laughs> so the next poor unfortunate award is for best horse in an animated feature. Oh yeah! All right. So the nominees are Philippe from Beauty and the Beast, Maximus from Tangled. Pegasus from Hercules, Khan from Mulan, and the Waterknock from Frozen 2. Oh, no. And the Golden Pua goes to Maximus from Tangled. Bravo, bravo. Well earned. This was a tough one for me, but Maximus, I remember the first time I ever saw Tangled. I genuinely belly laughed at some of the things that Maximus does. He is so funny. He has such a clear personality. I love that he kind of goes from villain to not a villain anymore. <laughs> he sees the light. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, <laughs> didn't mean to do that. Um, <laughs> God damn you. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> and so and that's you know, the end I, of our show. <laughs> I love the comedy and the heart from Pegasus as well, but when you first announced the category, the first horse that I thought of was Maximus. I just think he's really special and I genuinely love him. And I just love that he just, you know, he just needs a little pat on the nose and to be told he's doing a good job. I really vibe with mm. that. So congratulations to Maximus. I feel like that's the one that the the Academy, uh, that they had pretty much decided. Oh, you think? I think so. Okay. I think out of all of the all of the I thought nominees, Pegasus was a contender. I think Pegasus was a contender. He's probably one of the he's he's probably the next in line. I think mm-hmm. Philippe was probably the dark horse in the race. <laughs> he's because a I do love Philippe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's very our first smart. intro to a horse with a personality. Yeah. 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 He paved the way. Okay. 
The category is Best Playhouse Disney Show. Oh, shit. And the nominees are Bear in the Big Blue House, PB&J Otter, Roly Polioli, Out of the Box, and The Wiggles. And the Golden Pua goes to Bear in the Big Blue House. <gasps> oh, yay! I... <sighs> I welcome, mean, welcome, welcome, welcome to the big blue house. It's just, it has, it ticks all the boxes for me. Um, mm, I loved that. I loved that has, show so much. It's puppetry. It's it's mm. like Jim Henson Creature Workshop. It's Sesame Street, Muppets. It's, it has music. It has like fantasy. It has, it has beautiful lessons, an incredible voice cast. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely delightful to watch and if it's not on Disney Plus, I don't know why they're keeping it from us because I will watch it immediately. <sighs> I I love Bear in the Big Blue House. This one was a tough one for me because out I do adore Out of the Box. Yeah. I thought it's just such a creative show. Mm-hmm. But I truly like my heart is always with Bear in the Big Blue House. Always. <sighs> I always wanted to hug Bear. Ugh, he's yeah. just so endearing. Mm. Yeah. Congratulations, Bear. Congratulations, Bear and crew. Yes. Our next category is Best Villain Death Fall. (laughs) So these are all villains who in some form or fashion fall to their death. Yeah. And the nominees are Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty, getting stabbed in the gut with the sword of truth and tumbling off the cliff in a rock collapse until she becomes nothing more than a black and purple splat on the ground with the sword still stuck in her. Mm, The splat. Okay. Judge Claude Frollo from The Hunchback of Notre Dame, poetically falling from a broken gargoyle near the top of Notre Dame Cathedral into a pit of hellfire of his own making. The Evil Queen from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Having essentially won the game, she gets startled by some lightning when attempting to push a boulder down a cliff to kill the (laughs) dwarves, but instead falling off said cliff and getting squashed by said boulder and presumably eaten by vultures. (laughs) Clayton from Tarzan. Entangling himself in jungle vines in a frenzied attempt to kill Tarzan with a machete and inadvertently hanging himself when he falls. Spooky. Mother Gothel from Tangled. Experiencing the aging process at warp speed as she is tripped out the window of a small skyscraper by a very effective chameleon sidekick until she becomes nothing more than (laughs) dust by the time she hits the ground below. And the golden pua goes to Judge Claude Frollo. I figured this one for you. Sure. Is it a little obvious that he falls into hellfire after singing about it? Sure. But I love drama, so I love that. Also, I love that we get to see Quasimodo watch him fall and be destroyed without actually, like, 100% being at fault for it. Like, he sort of was, but the gargoyle broke. No one could have done anything about that. And he was about to try to throw them down into the hellfire anyway. So I just love seeing him go the way that he was trying to make them go. It's super satisfying. And also, a lot of it has to do with his previous performance as a villain, which, as we have discussed on the show before, is absolutely fantastic. And so he has got to go. And you know he's dead. So that's super satisfying, too. Some of these other deaths, you're like, are they dead? Like, you know, could have survived that maybe, or maybe by magic, you're you're alive. But Frollo's dead, and I really like that. Okay, who was the? I'm just curious, who was the other one that you were between? Mother Gothel, because it's so unique. It's very unique, yeah, and magical. But to and okay, again, yes, Pascal is super effective. But you know, <laughs> him killing her, I'm a little bit like meh. <laughs> So, yeah. Get out. Yeah. The image that I just always come to when I think about Mother Gothel is, I, I think of the broken mirror and her eyes just, like, appearing in the in the yeah. shards of the mirror. Yeah. But then that moment when she pulls the when she pulls it, That's exactly what I was thinking of. And yeah. you just see, like, this awful, like, mouth and nose. Yeah. Ugh. It's very creative and unique. Yeah. That was, yeah. The, that was the runner-up for me. Nice. All right. The category is Best Princess Casual Wear costume design Mm. so you know these are some of the dresses we might consider quote-unquote peasant dresses but you know i don't love that term and there some of them are a little bit more than that so they're not the classic dress you're going to see the princess in in the park so the nominees are bell's blue village dress the provincial dress aurora's forest dress which is the black corset 
Grace oh, You don't have to tell me. Shit. Damn you. Damn you. Damn you. Damn you. And the shawl. I know you love that. Shit. Um, Ariel's town dress, which is the blue skirt with like the little black corsety thing and that beautiful bow. Tiana's yellow duke's dress with the apron. Or Cinderella's house dress with the light brown skirt, brown corset, blue shirt, and the apron. And sometimes like, you know, a little kerchief tied around her hair. I hate you. (laughs) And the golden pua goes to Briar Rose in Sleeping Beauty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, what it came down to was the complexity of the design, the silhouette. Mm, Good silhouette. And the color palette. Yeah, yeah. The color palette for this costume is beautiful because it's one that I do not typically think of. It's not one that I put together. It's not, I don't think of these colors and I'm like, oh, let's put them together because that will look exquisite. But when they are all together, they are exquisite. The black, the white, mm. the beige, kind of like mauve sort of yeah. like top sort of thing happening. She's got the headband too. The headband. The headband, cute. the like Merlot shawl that's yeah. happening. It. It just all comes together for me in what I think is the best costume in that film for oh, Aurora. Ooh, I think, yeah, I'm I that. think that costume is the best costume that she wears. Okay. So, congratulations. Congratulations. That's that one. The other one I was between was Belle's provincial dress. Oh, okay. Yeah, makes sense. But at the sense. end of the at the end of the day, Aurora's was just slightly more complex and pulls it off. Just as effectively. And at the end of the day, it's Aurora's best dress. That's not Belle's best dress. Mm-hmm. And it's not typical princess colors either. Blacks and like brownish grays. No, not it. at yeah. all. It's very muted. It's very... Ugh. Because it's it like symbolizes her blending into the environment so that... Because she's in hiding. Like it's all colors of the woodlands so, so that she's like camouflaged. But she can't yeah. help but stand out because she's so beautiful and has such a wonderful personality. So well, I don't know about that part, but <laughs> shut the hell up. She loves those animals. God. I hate her. All right. <sighs> so the next category is Best Disney Plus Original Feature Film. Ooh, okay. Hmm. And the nominees are Lady and the Tramp. Mm. Noel. <laughs> Nope. Black is King. Godmothered and Soul. See, I messed up because I didn't see Godmothered yet. And I want to. Oh, shit. And I feel like I would love it. Shit. Well, it's okay. I'm gonna watch that. I'm one of the I don't know. I don't I'm one of those jerk, you know, voters who didn't see all the films. I'm so sorry. Um okay. The Golden Pua goes to Black is King. Nice. Um, I, maybe it's because I haven't really seen a lot of other visual albums. I know some exist. I've never seen anything like that before. The sheer artistry, I can't even fathom making that piece of art. I don't, I can't even imagine all of the work that went into that of just like, number one, conceptualizing the feel of each number, but then actually literally getting it done and costuming all of those people and choreographing it, finding ways to tie it into the Lion King. Um, it has to get it has to get the the award for for that reason alone. I, it, and I'm and I'm glad to see Disney Plus including things like that um, in its streaming services. My you know the one that's closest to my heart is Lady and the Tram because it's the first mm-hmm. thing I ever watched on Disney Plus, and I also just freaking love that movie. But I'm not going to give it to a remake right now. So congratulations to Black is King. That's very fair, and I think that's. Very Im- impressive. Honestly, I remember watching Black is King for the first time and just thinking they should have just released this in theaters last. Yeah, I know. Last, the, not this past July, but the July before and called that the reimagination of the Lion King because mm-hmm. I would have preferred that. Yeah. Exactly. Over the over the remake. A, a yeah. shot for shot remake. Exactly. Yeah, I so agree. Yeah. This is a, quite a unique category, but I was doing some research and fell into this one. So let's see what you have to say. The category is Best 2003 Film. Oh, God. The nominees are The Lizzie McGuire Movie, Holes, Finding Nemo, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl, and Freaky Friday. 
the golden pua goes to Finding Nemo. Yes, yeah. Um, for me, it it's it was my gut reaction mm-hmm. when you said all of these, but as I take a step back and try and think of it more critically, I think Finding Nemo was one of the boldest steps forward in animation that mm, okay. particularly Pixar had made since like Toy Story. I mean, they had done Bugs Life, they'd done Monsters Inc., they had done The Incredibles. Monsters Inc. and The Incredibles, the actual, the film achievement, I feel like they're very on par with one another. Finding Nemo feels like we're moving, we're moving forward with it. When I mm. think about the way that they animate the water, yeah. the way they animate light through the water, mm-hmm. the way that the score comes together. The score together, is so good. Oh, the score is so good. The voice cast, the story, it's just so inventive yeah. because I think it's it's another one of those ones where we don't have a clear-cut antagonist. Mm-hmm. Where it's it's mm-hmm. we we do have an antagonist and like we have like the the humans. Yeah. But right. it's it's more about the journey. And the yeah. and the forgiveness between the father and son, it just feels a bit more complex than the other movies. It's not as mm-hmm. cut and dry. It's more gray. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that it sort of helped pave the way for the future of Pixar in particular. Yeah. I remember I saw that movie in Disney World. In, I saw it on the Disney Cruise. I saw it. We had We were already in the Magic Kingdom and the parade had already integrated finding nemo into it and so they they were playing beyond the sea and my dad was like why are they playing beyond the sea Mm. and he was like singing it and shannon was like dancing to it and when we were younger and it was wonderful and it was finding Nemo. we were like oh we've got an extra day to spend because that was when i think we had like two weeks in disney world which is glorious and we all went to the theater in downtown disney (gasps) and We saw it. Yeah, I saw it on the in the movie theater on the Disney Cruise, on the Disney Wonder. And we got like a button that's like, I saw it. And we loved it so much that we came home from our vacation and went to the movies and saw it again. Ugh. Alrighty. Our next category is Best Disney Musical Adaptation to Never Play Broadway. Oh, no! <laughs> and the nominees are The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Freaky Friday, Tangled, High School Musical, and Hercules. And the Golden Pua goes to the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an apologist for it at this point. I'm so sorry. Um, this is kind of a gimme. <laughs> I have to admit. because it needs to go to Broadway. I have faith that Hercules will go to Broadway. But I also think that Hercules had some, like, adjustments to make before then. and her- And I think in its form that it was in at Paper Mill Playhouse, Hunchback was ready to go to Broadway. And it just like, it gives me, listening to that cast recording just gives me chills. It transports me. It's dark and everything that I love. If you listen to the podcast, I don't need to say anything else because we all know we just, we love Hunchback here. So yeah, yeah, that was a landslide for me. (laughs) Yeah. All right. The category is Biggest Disney Parks Asshole. And the nominees are the I'm meeting my friend line jumper, the person with their kid on their shoulders during the fireworks, the person who stops abruptly in the middle of the path or in the middle of Main Street, the person taking flash photos on the dark rides, the person talking through the ride they've been on a thousand times, or the person unapologetically running over your heels with their stroller. This is awful. (laughs) And the golden pua goes to the person taking flash pictures on a dark ride. Mm, mm, mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. the reasoning for this is all of those other things can be slightly forgiven. The one that comes closest, I think, to that is the person with the kid on their shoulders during the fireworks although you when can, i put that i thought i was a jerk when i put that down i'm like i'm complaining no, about a kid I, enjoying no, disney I i'm a terrible it, person <laughs> no i think i think that one is is definitely rude because there are other kids that get their view obstructed by that and that's and not you can fair. hold your kid at the level of your own head they don't need to be above it 
Exactly. Mm. And it's one of those things where, like, you can move around, you can find a new place, you can, mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. can see parts of the fireworks. And it's one yeah. that if everyone just sat down for the fireworks, like they <sighs> do in, like, Tokyo, yep, yep, everyone yep. has an incredible view. I know. But the reason it goes to the flash pictures on a dark ride is that after all of the time that you spend waiting in line to experience this ride that goes by in maybe five minutes or less to have someone deliberately messing with the illusions of the ride that you have just Mm -hmm. spent all that time waiting for is unforgivable, especially if you are in a position where you cannot do anything. And it goes to one of my biggest frustrations of people in the parks it's people not just living in the moment. Yeah. It is such a privilege mm-hmm. to be in those parks. There are people who will never get to go there. There are people who will only get to go there one time. To rob them of the richest and fullest experience of that by interrupting their experience, making your experience of the parks bleed over into their zones, I think is just something that is unacceptable in my view. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, I think that is the biggest asshole that can be in the park. Great choice. Great choice. Yeah. And the next category is best fairy in a supporting role. <laughs> and the nominees are Tinkerbell in Peter Pan, the Blue Fairy in Pinocchio, the Fairy Godmother from Cinderella, Maleficent. From Sleeping Beauty and Fairy Mary from Tinkerbell. Hmm. Animated Cinderella, not Whitney. Screw it. And the Golden Pua goes to the Fairy Godmother from Cinderella. Listen, I'm tired of things happening like Glenn Close getting nominated a million times and never winning. It's the same thing. The Fairy Godmother is the OG. We owe her a lot. Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo is a showstopper, and I feel like if you played me a little clip of that as we're we're running the clips for these, yes. Uh, There's also just something, yeah, Maleficent is fantastic. I almost gave it to her. She's a villain. Villains always win. And I understand Maleficent's motivation. So therefore, I think the fairy godmother is a little bit more interesting. Why did she help Cinderella besides the fact that she's been assigned to her? I don't know. There's something mysterious about her. There's also something that's, like, extremely endearing about her. Um, and, you know, I know this isn't exactly part of it, but when I see her in the parks, I get really excited. Like, again, I really want to, like, talk to her. And I, I love her message. Like, I love her. I love her message. I love her vibes. We get a little bit of humor, but we don't lean too heavy on the humor. It's actually a pretty nuanced performance. So congratulations to the fairy godmother. Congratulations. The camera just panned over to Tinkerbell and she's making the Chrissy Teigen face at the award <laughs> show. Tinkerbell, better luck next year when you get nominated for leading fairy in your own movie. <laughs> yeah, and Maleficent has other chances to win in other iterations, so I'm going to give this yeah, to Yeah, maybe Angelina her. Jolie will win Maleficent yeah. for her, but yeah, yeah. honestly, she shouldn't, though. Oh, Because oh. animated Maleficent is the best, though. Okay, I, I mean, yeah, I like yeah, Angelina fair. Jolie as Maleficent. Yeah, I do, too. Animated Maleficent is my queen. Yeah, yeah. I've snubbed Maleficent a couple of times because her death is really good too. I'm really sorry to her. She's really mad right now. And she's, she's gonna, gonna come for to you after this. Yeah, she's coming for me at the after party. She's walking down the aisle right now. She has her staff. She has her bird, and they are dipping. <laughs> Some drama right now. <laughs> All right. The category is best friendship. Oh. The nominees are Copper and Todd from The Fox and the Hound. Kuzco and Pacha from The Emperor's New Groove. Carl and Russell from Up. Remy and Linguini from Ratatouille. And Dory and Marlin from Finding Nemo. Huh. I have to say, one of the things that I like the most about this category is that all of these friendships are ones that evolve heavily over the course of their films, which I mm. enjoy. Mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's what makes it a little bit tricky for me. And the golden pua goes to Carl and Russell from Up. Oh. One of the things that I think I like the most about this is that it is truly, I think, out of all of them, just such a unique and unlikely 
pairing. Yeah. I think both characters are so beautiful. They both have something from them that is lost, something that Mm. is missing, Mm -hmm. and they are dealing with it in very different ways, both a little bit in denial about what they're missing, and then eventually through the course of the film, they find it in each other, that it's not a friendship that happens right away. They are forced to be together And then they find something that is just so strong by the end of the film. The way that they stick their necks out for one another, the importance of who they become for one another, I think is just so special and not something that we see in animated movies. We don't see Mm -hmm. an old man making really, really good friends with a very, very young kid. So congratulations, Carl and Russell. Very so well Russell learned. just ran up and like grabbed the pua and like Carl is still just like making his way down. Yeah. With his walker. <laughs> and he gets up there in time as the music starts playing and they have to walk <laughs> yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> The next category is best castle in an animated film. Oh, I knew. Yeah, I almost did this. I'm so glad. Okay. And the nominees are the Beast Castle from Beauty and the Beast. The Castle of Corona from Tangled. The Sultan's Palace from Aladdin. Prince Eric's Castle from The Little Mermaid. And Atlantica from The Little Mermaid. Mm. And the Golden Pua goes to Prince Eric's Castle. An upset. Yeah, there has to be an upset. I mean, I, I'm so understanding the way the Academy thinks now. Because I'm like, I can't give it to the Beast Castle. It's too obvious. <gasps> the, I mean, it's too obvious. The first, <sighs> like, it, 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 so I'm kind of going, I'm going more for the most beautiful to look at to me is Prince Eric's. There's a lot of really unique things going on. Prince Eric or Prince Eric's Castle? I mean, both. But <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> The architecture, <laughs> um, number one, like love that it's by the water. That's a great feature. And then when you're in the dining room with those huge windows and you see the ocean, mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. Also, I, I like I said, there's really unique things going on. I love the color scheme, the white and like yellowish, goldish, brownish, like all of those things. It's very romantic to me. And I love like Ariel, like being able to look out her window and see Eric looking like walking around on the beach. Um, they're just like, I, I want to know more about what's going on in that castle. I love the dining room. I love her bedroom. The staircases are beautiful. And the location is prime. And it's very, like, Italian feeling. And I think it's super classy. What an upset. I would want it to be my castle, I think, out of all of oh, those. Oh, interesting. Yeah. The, the Beast Castle, I'd be a little scared to live there. What about when it turns nice? I know. Oh, and the library. Don't make me don't make me change my answer. You can't change your answer. It's already been submitted. Excuse me, it's happened before. <laughs> you are not doing a La La Land moonlight. I'm right about now. a La La Land this. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> All right. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. All right. The category is best wedding. And the nominees are The Live Action Cinderella Wedding. The Brandy Cinderella Wedding. The Princess and the Frog Wedding, The Little Mermaid Wedding, or The Wedding Entangled Ever After. And the Golden Pua goes to The Wedding from 1997's Cinderella starring Brandy and Whitney Houston. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. One of the things that was a major contributing factor to me is how much of the wedding we got to see. Very true. Yeah, we see a lot of Some of those other weddings we don't get as much or some of those other weddings the focus turns elsewhere. I think like Entangled Ever After, the focus quickly shifts Mm. away from the wedding into other things. But in terms of like the actual wedding, what we get, all the components, the Brandy Cinderella dress checks a bunch of boxes for me. Mm. Having that huge ensemble there on those steps checks so many boxes for me. Mm -hmm. Also knowing the story behind them filming that scene and how yeah, true. they kind of wrangled together extra money from themselves from nowhere to to get that scene filmed. Thank you, Whoopi Goldberg. Thank that, you, Whoopi. That holds a lot of weight for me in it. And then 
Whitney Houston belting her face off. Come on. Come with on. With one of the most incredible songs. There's yeah. music in you. I, I mean, yeah. it just, it grabs you by the heart and like just tugs every little heartstring that you have. And so it has to be the winner. Mm-hmm. So my close contender was the live action Cinderella because I do love that we I get a winter that. wedding. Uh, it's snowing. How And I love their conversation that? too. And yeah. I'm just like, mm, before they go out and wave to everybody, like they have a little moment together. Yeah. And that gout is to die for. To die for. But the one animated one that was the contender was Princess and the Frog. Oh. For some yeah. reason, I just feel like that wedding was just so lovely and fun. Yeah, so fun, right? The Little Mermaid one, yeah. the sleeves. Ugh, just like, <laughs> the sleeves do it in for me. The sleeves and that ugly-ass wedding cake just do it in for me. Oh, wow. But the moment where she where she says, I love you, Daddy, kills me. Kills me. Yeah, you're so, on a boat. So you touching. got your people. He makes a rainbow. Like, sure, 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 whatever. whatever <gasps> wow, whatever. I'm surprised at you. <gasps> no, it's just, it doesn't, I would, I would take... The the ball that happens at the end of the Beauty and the Beast with them not in any sort of wedding costume, like just them dancing Ugh, with all those humans so over off. the over the wedding of Little Mermaid. No, no, no. Oh I'm not talking. God. I'm not talking live action Beauty and the Beast. I'm talking oh. original anime of Beauty and the Beast. Oh, gold dress because okay. they're not. They're not. That's not a wedding. It's just. Why didn't like they a, get married? Why didn't they get married? I don't know. That's so. Why didn't maybe they, they understood that marriage is isn't for everyone, and that what they had was transcends the the laws of marriage. Or maybe that was the wedding, and they're just very thrifty, and they're like, let's wear the same outfits. Exactly. That's what <laughs> I like to think. I'm like, she wears gold to her wedding. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Yellow gold. Yes. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> oh, that was a rough one. That was a real wow. rough one. Yeah, I guess like Ariel's wedding is the only is the biggest animated wedding that we get yeah. out of all yeah. of them. Yeah, it is. It is. Tiana kind of gets like two ceremonies, which is kind of nice. Yeah, she does. And then a party at her restaurant. Oh, my God, so fun. I want to attend that one for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And she gets yeah. two great dresses. Mm, yes. Mm, one yes. ceremony literally has like a magic transformation happen in it. So <laughs> I, know, I know. In the forest, yes. Yeah. Ariel's transformation happens pre-wedding. Yeah. But that dress, mm-mm, sparkly dress. Mm. The sparkly dress is great. The wedding dress, yes. Oh, yeah. So 80s. So 80s. Poofy sleeves. We're going to fix it in the live action and I can't wait. All right. We'll Unless see. they make her not get married, I'm going to be so fucking mad if they do that <laughs> to me. Oh, God. All right. And the next category is best Michael Giacchino score of a Pixar film. Rude. And the nominees are. <laughs> so stupid. Inside Out. Up. The Incredibles. Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. And Coco. Good luck. I do not have any answers on this, and I refuse to I don't have to pick one. because he wins the award no matter what. So I'm giving the award to Michael Giacchino. No. And the golden Pua goes to up. Married life alone is amazing. Um, Such it- a feat. It break it breaks me down every time. It's one of those, it's one of those pieces of score that I'm just like, how does this viscerally get me emotional every time like this? Like I can't even. I have no defenses against that score. That's what yeah. wins it for me. And I love the way that a lot of it has been incorporated into the parks. It's playing in the parks a lot, and I love that. So now to me, it also just feels like gen- generally like Disney to me. Um. <laughs> guy and it's up up yeah. is like part of the reason we all love it is because of the of, of the score yeah i think one of the things that i like so much about up is i love the score for the incredibles i think it's just it's so unique it's, and like coco too like it's yeah it's hard. the incredibles is so unique it's one where i remember i was watching like a documentary or or a bonus feature of it where he handed the score out to the artists and they were like this doesn't make any sense and he's like just mm. play it and oh, they were wow. like no this doesn't yeah, make sense totally and he's like he was that. like literally just play it and conducted it and they were just like oh shit mm-hmm. that's it that's the vibe but 
one of the things it's such that a, I like it's is such that a, a vibe. Huh? What I like is that a lot of the musical affectations and things like that even find their way into the up score. Mm-hmm. Like when I think of like up with the credits and that's, yeah. that score where you've got that sort of like yeah. old feel to it. But honestly. That's what I was thinking of too, that old feel. I love that. Like mm. what gets me every single time is is the the final moments of the of the whole movie with mm-hmm. just returning to the married life, but just slower, softer. Ouch. It's hurting my feelings now when you're talking about it. So yeah. When the clouds yeah. part and you just yep. see the house landing where it's supposed to, that just, uh, it, that gets me. I mean, I, the one that was like emotional, like my emotional favorite is inside out because yes. that to me is what the, in, like the command center of your brain would sound like. Yes, I think he nailed that is, it. That's I exactly that what it would sound like. The greatest scores that he has made ever. Yeah. One of the most underrated. And can you believe it? It was never nominated for an Oscar. No, that's wrong. Wait, I oh, I forgot about that. Now I want to give it, but I can't. Never. I mean, that's, that's my what alarm. Your brain sounds like that's yes, my alarm yes, when I wake yes, up in the morning. Yes. yes. That is my eight forty five alarm. That's the sound of you becoming you. I don't know how to explain it. It's so good. Yeah. Brilliant. Damn you. The award goes to Michael Giacchino. Congratulations, Michael Giacchino. And congratulations up. So the category is Best Disney World Instagram Spot. Okay. And the nominees are the Fichua Fellow Wall at Harambe Market in Animal Kingdom. Okay. The Purple Wall in Tomorrowland. The Tangled Bathrooms in Fantasyland. The Bubblegum Wall outside of Spaceship Earth. Or the new Riviera Resort Mosaic Murals. And the Golden Pua goes to the Tangled Restrooms. Uh-huh. The Tangled Restrooms is just such, it's so much more than just an Instagram spot or a mm-hmm. place to relieve yourself. <laughs> it It is truly a... Uh, a vibe it is a it's 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 living it's it, it just feels like there's an energy there that mm-hmm. a lot of the walls don't have the mosaics oh, okay. uh-huh. i do feel uh-huh. some energy from them but, i thought you would pick that yeah but the tangled restrooms in particular they they change the experience of that location changes throughout the day they light up there are different mm-hmm. angles that you okay. can get there yeah. are different there are different walls within the experience Cool. Yeah, there's okay. the there's the the tower at night you've got the lanterns you can take your picture holding the lantern in that area mm. there's just more instagrammable moments to capture in that area that a lot of the other walls and instagram locations just simply do not have okay tangled restrooms is the instagram spot of instagram spots <laughs> okay yes. all right yes and now for our second to last category of the mm. evening. Mm. This is one that I'm very excited for. <gasps> okay. This category is best non-Disney film that Disney was stupid enough to miss out on. Mm, I love this. And the nominees are Anastasia, uh-huh. The Swan Princess, How to Train Your Dragon, Kubo and the Two Strings, The Prince of Egypt. And this isn't necessarily saying that Disney should have produced these films because in almost every case here, I do not think that Disney was the right studio, mm-hmm. but Disney should have been the look at, on the lookout and nabbed some of these stories before other people did or not have let them slip through their fingers. Okay. The Golden Pua goes to the Swan Princess. By process of elimination, honestly. Um, Kubo and the Two Strings, How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, I, don't, I just like, to me, their vibe is just like, I don't need Disney's vibe with those stories. Same goes for Prince of Egypt. I really actually don't really want Disney touching a story that happened in the Bible um, because I think they're going to soften it maybe a little bit too much. And yeah, um, no. And then, so then it's kind of the same thing with Anastasia, where I love how dark it got. And Disney can go there for sure. Um, but I, I love, like, especially the version of Rasputin that we have. And I, like, would never want to trade that into anything a little bit more Disney-ish. Even though, again, like, they can go they can go there. They went there with Frollo. But 
Swan Princess is amazing. And like, I, I don't, and I don't want anything to change about that either. But like, I love the story. And I think there's interesting things that would have come out of it in a different way had Disney done it. Um, I would have been interested to see who did they decide to make the sidekicks and how would they make Rothbard versus how he ended up. And yeah, I just love the, my favorite part of Swan Princess is the romance aspect of it. And I think Disney does romance really well. And so it's like, and it's also just like a very clear choice for Disney. Like that's one of the major fairy tales that they're they just have skipped over. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they should have grabbed that. But I love it the way it is. Yeah. But I think the the story, or I don't know what exactly it is. Some of the characters could have been eliminated. It needed a little ironing out. And I think Disney would have spent a little bit more time on the screenplay. Yeah. And that's my thing with this category is I don't think that, I'm not saying that like Disney should have done any of these ones. Mm-hmm. But I do think that all of these stories were ones that, Disney Disney missed out on on a good story that they should have they should have been looking for that kind of story to tell for themselves. Mm. I agree with you on Swan Princess. I think that that one is just such above all of the other ones that is just one that just screams Disney. The yeah. S- Swan Lake is just it I is love a, Swan it Lake. Is a, it is a Disney I love story. Mhm. I like if I got to see Odette in the parks, I'd be so happy. I love Odette. Far She's beautiful. Than forever. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'll mm. hold you in my heart. And then maybe Derek could have had better hair. Oh, such better hair. Yeah. Yeah. But she has the best hair and I would never want to change her hair or her outfit. So I also could have gone for Disney doing Thumbelina as well. That was a contender to be on the list. Love Thumbelina. Yeah. 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 Is this my last one? I think it is, is, right? This is the last one. This is the last category of the evening. Make it good. Mm. The category is Best Words of Wisdom. And the nominees are Sometimes the right path is not the easiest one. Grandmother Willow. The past can hurt, but the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. Rafiki. Sometimes the world seems against you. The journey may leave a scar, but scars can heal and reveal just where you are. Grandma Tala. Always let your conscience be your guide. Jiminy Cricket. And the very things that held you down are going to carry you up. Timothy Mouse. And the golden pua goes to Grandmother Willow. Sometimes the right path is not the easy one. Mmm. I... This is a quote that I find to be one of one that I consistently give out to people. Uh, it's mm-hmm. like it's it's mm-hmm. one of the pieces of advice that I always give out to people that I remind people of, and the sort of standard that I judge things by. I feel like it it's it's a moral that is deeply ingrained in me, Connor Perkins, mm. and I think one that is so necessary to the times that we live in Mm. and unfortunately is one that continues to repeat itself time and time again. Mm. Um, I find that quote that the right path is not always the easy one, that 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 is a compass that we should live our lives by, Mm. that we know that hardship isn't bad and not to give up. I, I feel like that that oh, quote, yeah. mm-hmm. that quote distills. I think a lot of the things that I really like about Grandma Tala's quote yeah. about scars, and mm-hmm. I think all of that comes back into what is easy and what is right. Mm, and yeah. I think that that is one of the things that is just so important for people to live their lives by. To remember that easy and right are not always the same thing. Mm. So. Congratulations, Grandmother Willow. Yeah. She's a first-time winner, folks. <laughs> first-time winner. Maybe we have more in store from Grandmother Willow. She's one to watch. Yeah, does she say anything in Pocahontas, Pocahontas 2? I can't even remember. <laughs> All I remember is John Smith on a rooftop. So Devastated me. Don't even... <laughs> I, I'm triggered. <laughs> triggered. <laughs> All right. Congratulations to all of the winners of our first annual Poor Unfortunate Awards. Your golden puas will be available at the after party for engraving. So please make sure that you keep those awards with you and find 
the engravers next to the coat check. We will meet you there. Thank you all <laughs> for bearing with us in this absurdity. As Moira Rose in Shit's Creek says, favorite season, award season. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, this was this was a fun one for us. I enjoyed this. Yeah. I had a good time. I'm looking forward to next year's Poor Unfortunate Awards. Who knows what will happen in between now and then. We'll have so many new things to talk about. Mm. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us. As always, please remember to subscribe or follow the podcast in whatever podcast app you are listening in. Also, please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, or Stitcher, or any other podcast service that allows you to rate and review. This helps us reach new audience members. Uh, And it's just a great way for us to get some feedback about the show. We would also love it if you followed us on social media. We are at Poor Unfortunate Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And we are at Unfortunate Pod on Twitter. That's another way that just like gets us to some more viewers. And we have a lot of, you know, separate fun things that happen on social media that we don't even touch on in the episodes. We do a lot of fun activities in the stories. And if you're looking for even more fun and more Disney content throughout your week, you should definitely join us in the Poor Unfortunate Fam, which is our Facebook group. We have a bunch of listeners on there. We're growing by the week, and we discuss the episodes. We share Disney news as we find it. People take BuzzFeed quizzes, really silly ones. This week, everybody found out what their age is based off of which Disney snacks they would eat. I don't know. I don't want to do work. So I send them to everybody and everyone takes them and everybody bonds over their answers, which I really love. So you should definitely join us there because we're going to roll out some things that might only end up being in the fam and you don't want to miss them. Yeah. Additionally, we do have a survey, an audience feedback survey that is available on our social media links. So if you go to any of our social media accounts and click on the website link, you will be able to take a short survey. It's just 10 questions just for us to get some information about how you like to enjoy the podcast, things that you're looking for, just so we can make sure that you're getting the best experience possible. And as we always say, it does take us a little bit of money to keep the podcast up and running and coming to you. We do have a PayPal account. Our donation link is in the episode description, as well as in those uh, website links in our social media accounts. Truly, anything that you have that you might be able to contribute really goes a long way for us. It could be a dollar. It can be $5. It can be $10. It could be $100. We mm. don't care. You can make it monthly. You could make it a one-time donation. All of that just does so much for us uh, because we do this all out of pocket, all for the love, and it keeps the podcast free. Uh, it also keeps it, for the most part, ad-free. So it's, uh, it, it's, it's really helpful, and we really appreciate anything that you might be able to spare. So, yeah. That's it. So until next time, Beluga Savruga. Savruga.